a study and we are looking at Daniel. I was a Daniel. I remember years ago I was in um, a school, a boarding facility um, where I did my first two years of my secondary school. Um, it was a military, it is still a military school and um, they did trials for those that will make the, like a junior um, team, junior soccer team. And, you know, that is a bracket of Form 1 to 3 um, at the time. And I was in Form 1, and for some reason, I made a team. Now, that's not where we are going. Where we are going is this. We had a coach that was a military man. So what he did to teach us teamwork was that he made us do laps around the, um, the pitch, you know, all around the pitch several times. And we had to finish at a particular time. Now, we're like maybe 17 people. There were this about five people that were always coming last and will not make the time. And you know what the coach did? Every time we ran the lap and these five people came last, he says to us, you're a team. You win together, you lose together. All of you have to start again. And it makes us go, now, is that fair? If you were in the, um, let's say, the, the, the 12 that finishes on time, how would you feel? How would you feel? I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I would just feel, what? You look, I look at the guys, I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Can't you run faster? I look at the coach, and I'm like, you're so mean, you know? And... It wouldn't budge. You have to go again. And guess what? This time, seven people won't make it. And we have to go again. This time, a larger number won't make it. Why? Because we are tired. But we got the message that we win as a team and we lose as a team. And many times, Adults, we really don't get that message. Even as married people, we really don't get that message. The husband doesn't get it that if my wife doesn't make it, I don't make it. The wife doesn't get it that my husband doesn't make it, I don't make it. The life group leader probably doesn't get it that my life group people don't, get, don't make it, I don't make it. And sometimes the result of other people's the outcome of other people's lives directly impacts us. And sometimes we just feel it is not fair. Daniel and his friends found themselves in a situation where although they personally had not done nothing wrong, their freedom was gone. They were forced to pay a severe price all because of the sins of others. Now, have you found yourself in such a situation? How did it go? I've, I've shared mine. I mean, I, 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 I beefed my colleagues that would not just move their legs. I beefed the coach that was just mean. I was angry at everybody. Has it happened to you before? Anybody? Probably in a different way. Have you suffered for something you had nothing, you know nothing about, but you had to suffer anyway? Were you excited about it? I can't see the hand. Okay, say hand there. There's a hand there. And there's another. Oh, no. Okay. The hand there. Cool. 
How did that go? I, I felt very bad. What uh, happened? Okay, um, we, we in the finance department, um, we're supposed to do a report that will present. Okay, so um, I, I went out on official duty and my colleague couldn't do it. So we were charged for it and it was a huge amount and it has to be deducted from our salary. I felt very bad, but we know the way um, the thing runs is a team thing. So everybody in the department was affected. Meanwhile, she was there. She was supposed to do it, but she didn't. So we all suffered for it. I felt very, very bad. And I told her I was going to get back at her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And life is filled with situations where, when she said finance, I knew where that was going. Life is filled with situations where we have to sometimes bear the brunt of something we know nothing about. And we are going to learn, by the grace of God, how to rise above all that in Jesus' name. So the, the next question in the open sec segment says that what is the most difficult or frustrating circumstance or circumstances you have encountered? Who or what caused it? You, someone else, or no one in particular? What's the most difficult circumstance you've had to deal with? Who wants to share? What's the most difficult circumstance you've had to deal with? Deal with? Or what's the, well, maybe current most difficult circumstance you are dealing with? If you want to share. One you've triumphed over. If you are raising your hand, uh, you probably need to wave it. Most difficult circumstance you've had to deal with. Tega, tell us. What's the most... Look at, if you look at me, you will know where I'm pointing to. Right. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, I think the most difficult and frustrating circumstance I had to deal with was when I had to take a decision to leave the house. Uh, normally... To know, leave your father's house? Yes, to okay. be on my own. And then... Right. You know, it was hard because I decided not to look back. Looking back is um, calling home for money or anything. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to do my thing. It was, it was really hard, but... How, how did that go? What informed that you wanted to be a big girl? Yes, I've always loved to be independent right from when I was very young. Right. You know, so when I had the opportunity to leave the house and I was... I, I grabbed the opportunity and it was hard, though. you know, even now, sometimes I want to just call home, but I'm getting stronger and I'm getting responsible right. and laying okay. good example. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Mine is um, currently ongoing. Having to um, work um, and practice as um, a lawyer in an environment where corruption is the order of the day oh. and is deeply ingrained oh. in the fabric of our being. It's, um, it's really, really tough to be resolved and um, to make up your mind that irrespective, um, you don't want to be a part of it. Right. It's a, it's a decision we have to, we are faced with with on a daily basis. Right. Hopefully, this um, series is going to help you because um, in preparing for this teaching, I, I felt, you know, I was saying to the Lord that, I mean, this teaching looks familiar. I mean, we've done a similar teaching on Daniel. Do you remember? We didn't call it Daniel, but, you know, it was mainly from the book of Daniel. And I felt God saying to me that we need to get the message. Well, so, I don't know. Maybe we need to get the message. The message needs to be flesh in us. So, a lot of the things we are going to be sharing it may sound, oh, we've done that before, or, or, or we've been taught that before. Now, it's beyond being taught it. Are we living it? You know, because it is not the word that you hear. It is not the hearer of the word that gets blessed. 
It is, it is who? This is the doer of the words. So I believe that God wants to strengthen us, you know, through this and make us rise above all these challenges in the name of Jesus. If you look at Daniel, like we saw in the teaser, Daniel outlasted four kingdoms. Now, if you just look at it and say four kings, you know, it, it may not really strike home. Four kingdoms. Four kingdoms that he was a slave boy. How did he do it? He, he had no chance. He should have been angry with God. God is suffering for something he knew nothing about. Like I was angry with my coach. He should have been angry with his fellow Israelites, the leaders, the kings, the people that are committing idolatry. He was just a little boy. It was a teenager. How did Daniel not only survive, thrived, that kingdoms came and kingdoms went, but Daniel remained influential. Unfortunately, we have a crop of Christians that, that think for you to survive, you need to compromise. For you to survive, you need to bend a little here and bend a little there and do this and do that. But you see, Daniel, an Old Testament believer, if you will, that did not have the Holy Spirit is challenging us that you can be light in a corrupt world. How did he do it? He was away from his family protection. He didn't have any form of accountability. He didn't have any supervision. Like Tega, he was away from home. He had his freedom. He could live anyhow he wanted to. So how did Daniel do it? Historically, from scriptures, we saw, we saw four kingdoms. But from history, there were actually nine kingdoms that Daniel survived. Nine. And yet, he did not bow. Yet, he was respectful to the kings. He was not insultive. He was not obnoxious. Yet, he did not compromise. From king to king, they said, if you want somebody that knows God, go to Daniel. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that it will be said of you that if you want someone that knows God, go to him or her. Go to you in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that it will be said of you that if you want someone in whom the spirit of the gods live, go to that lady. Go to that young man. He had no mentor. He had no teacher. He had no pastor. We have all this. He didn't have the Bible. Daniel did not have the Bible. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the blood of Jesus. Jesus did not die for him. And Daniel rose and became indispensable. You will rise and become indispensable in the mighty name of Jesus. So, so let's, let's dive into it um, straight away. Today, we're going to be looking at the dimension of, like, foundation of the whole story of Daniel. And we're going to be reading Daniel chapter 1, from verse 1 to 4. Then we'll read verse 21. Daniel 1, 1 to 4, then 21. During the third year of the king, of King Jeho, Joachim, Joachim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Joachim of Judah. That which you will do. That will make God 
to give your enemies victory over you. You will not do it. Come on, say amen. amen. Now, I know Christians are saying, oh, there's nothing you can do. That's the big fat lie. The big fat lie. That's which you will do that will give Nebuchadnezzar, that, that God will permit Nebuchadnezzar to erode your stuff will not happen to you in the name of Jesus. So the Lord gave him victory over Joachim, the king of Judah, and permitted him. God will not permit the enemy to have reign in your life. When I read the scripture, I mean, my heart just, for these are God's people. And God permitted Nebuchadnezzar to take him, to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. Whose temple? Temple of God. Sacrilegious. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylon and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Aspenas, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said. Don't bring any ugly guy into this place. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning they are, and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. Verse 21. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of Darius. So you had Nebuchadnezzar, you have Belshazzar, you have Darius, you have Cyrus. And Daniel remained. He was a captive. In other words, he came into the land with chains. But he triumphed. So it really doesn't matter how you start. It really doesn't matter where you are at right now. Don't judge where you will be by where you currently are. Don't judge what God will do through you by the hand you have been dealt don't resign your destiny to the hand that you have been dealt. And that's what God is saying to you and I. Don't give up because of your circumstance or because of the circumstances of your nation. Don't give up because Nigeria is going through a trying time. Don't give up because Things are currently challenging. Someone said, Pastor, since the beginning of last year, you had, you've been telling us that 2016 is going to be a tough year, right? He says, but I didn't know it was going to be this tough. You didn't tell us it was, <laughs> it was going to be this tough. Well, I said, I also said, when men are saying there's a casting down, that you will say there's a lifting up. So don't just hear the parts that I, that I said was hard. Believe God that even in the toughness, God will lift you up in the name of Jesus. The first point in our study and discussion questions, 20 years, and this is very interesting, 20 years before they were deported to Babylon, before God gave Nebuchadnezzar permission and access. Jeremiah, prophet Jeremiah prophesied 
that God's people will be removed from the land because of idolatry. Now, when I read it in Jeremiah, and I saw dig deeper, and I discovered that that prophecy was actually 20 years before. So the, the question is, why do you think they did not repent? Why? Why didn't they repent? Even today, why, why do people ignore God's ways? Jeremiah had said, this way, what you are doing, this is what is going to happen. In fact, Isaiah also said it. I will give the king of Babylon. Isaiah prophesied it. But I don't know how long Isaiah's own was. But Jeremiah's prophecy was 20 years before it happened. So the, the person that was 30 years old would have been 50 years old. The person that was 20 would have been 40. The person that was just born would have been 20 years old. After God spoke. You know, sometimes when God speaks, we think, oh, eh, well, well, let's just leave, Joe. And unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, why do you think they didn't repent? Why? Why didn't they repent? Why do we have people that consistently ignore God's ways? Even when God has, has been clear about what his precepts are. Why, why do we do that? Who wants to help us? Why do people do that? Why do people do that? <laughs> Before you. Okay, there's a hand at the back. There. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think one, one, one of the reasons is if we are too familiar with God, mm. we tend to take his words for granted. Mm. I think that's a, a problem. We should deal with, not work with God with familiarity. Right. To dig more, to know more of God. Right. So that we will not fall into that trap. That's big, you know. These were God's people. They grew up in the temple. They knew, I mean, the laws was given to them. Their fathers were, you know, priests and, you know. That's one reason. Thank you. Do you still want to? Yeah, please. And there's another hand there. Why do we do that? You also have. Okay, good. Somehow similar. I think um, sometimes they... Um, Take it for granted that God is faithful and right. is merciful and is going to forgive right. and forget. Right. And then they will cry to him right. and he will hear them and deliver them again. Right. You know, like I keep saying that even, even now, these days, when people hear, um, uh, this is what the Bible says, you shouldn't do it. People just sometimes don't give a second thought to it. But if Another person tells them, ah, Shongo said you shouldn't go into that house. <laughs> if you go into that house, you are going to be struck immediately. True. Of course, they won't go into True. that house True. because those other gods are... No mercy. Not, they, they don't have mercy. <laughs> True. Now, just to, just to portray that, I was listening to some program, and someone says that, in fact, that they should stop using Bibles to swear in our lawmakers and senators. That they should go and bring... Uh, if you are Yoruba, they should bring Shango. If you are Igbo, they should bring Omadia and all that. That people will stop stealing. <laughs> and this God of the Bible is <laughs> very patient. You know, <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, we take God's, you know, I was, someone, I was um, in a mentorship session with someone yesterday night, and we were saying something very similar, and he was asking me, there's someone we both know that, that is, a, is a serial, serial, whatever, he, you know, and he says that he's, he's favored of God, you know, he can continue to see that he has God's favor, you know. Anyway, uh, yes, then there's a hand at the back, there's a hand there, so let's have those two, yeah. I think um, the time it takes for God to punish them, 
I think what? It's the time it takes. The time it takes. Because Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm sure um, the first year they would have repented. Then after and after they continued. Like, you say this thing. Years, is eh? it true? <laughs> Jeremiah. It's not coming. It's not coming. Just like when you tell people, give your life to Christ. Jesus is coming soon. Right. I've been hearing that since. Why that do Jesus I is to? coming soon. He hasn't yeah. come since. He hasn't now come since. So I think it's the time it let's takes Let's enjoy to our life, Joe. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. You know? Um, but, you know, the Bible says that we should not take the patience of God. How, how did you put it? Um, to mean weakness. You know, we should not take the patience of God to mean weakness. Thank you. Yeah. The power of forgotten the parts. You can only remember the part of Christian that says God is merciful right. and is slow to anger. Slow to anger. And is compassionate, right. full of mercy. Right. But they've forgotten the part that says they're consuming fire. Right. And that's also in the same scripture in Hebrews 9. I mean, it says, and that's the New Testament, in case you don't know where Hebrews is. Um, yes, I think there's a hand at the back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think Joy just uh, touched on what I wanted to say. Okay. But just to emphasize, you know, because we usually assume that, um, they, I mean, when we hear the word of God, we expect him to take action immediately. Then right. it doesn't happen. You know, but the truth is, even around looking around us now, you know, the Bible talks about the end time, that what are the signs that we're going to see? Earthquakes, turmoil, chaos everywhere. We're seeing that right now. But the question is, what really are those, is it catching our attention based on what the Bible said it should prompt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Now, I mean, this is big because it also shows that those people that fall into those kind of um, trap, I call it a trap, is, is, it shows that they are not interested in having a relationship with God. So God is just God that rewards and punishes. You know, they don't care how he feels. They don't care if he's happy. They don't care if what they are doing makes him happy or not, they don't care. They want the God that will, of breakthrough, you know, and if he says he will punish, they will check, he's not punishing yet, and all that stuff. But if you, if you really love God, and you want to please God, you want to have a relationship with God, it wouldn't matter if it's 20 years, or if it's 20 weeks, or if it's 20 hours, or if it's 20 minutes. Every minute, you want to be sure that you are aligned with God. Does that make sense? Look at this same Nebuchadnezzar. God said, God showed him a vision. Daniel told him the interpretation. And Daniel said, the interpretation is this. The person that has this dream, not you, O king, your enemies. Daniel actually said that. He's going to eat grass for seven years. He's going to become an animal and eat grass for seven years. King, oh king, please repent. Maybe God will change his mind. And the king said, I've heard. Month one, month two, month three, month four, month, 12 months. Nothing happened. And the 12th month, of course, he became a, a goat, a human being, but he began to eat grass. And he ate grass for seven years. Now, the miracle of it all was at the end of seven years, God restored his kingdom. I mean, and he said, he said, I lifted up my eyes and I said, ah, the most high rules. And he lifts up who he wills. And he promotes. Now, the question is do you have to eat grass for seven years before you say, The most I live? I mean, is, that, is that very difficult? If I, I begin to say it even from now on. <laughs> okay, thank you to everybody that, has, that contributed. Let's read um, Abacock chapter 1, verse 13. 
Habakkuk 1.13 says that, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. It says, you wink. Will you wink at their treasury? This is Habakkuk. He can't understand what's going on. He says, should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Now, one of Daniel's contemporaries was the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk and Daniel were contemporaries. Habakkuk was, was part of the people that were, you know, taken. Part of families that were taken. And he struggled to understand God's judgment. These are your people. Okay, they have done bad, but they are still better than these Babylonians. So Habakkuk was asking, I mean, so sometimes when you read scripture, you think that the, the prophets or the, the people that work with God, you think they don't have struggles or you think they don't, they don't ask God tough questions. They do because you really cannot work with God if you don't resolve tough questions. So Habakkuk had to resolve this tough question. How? Oh God, you are righteous. So the question is, have you had such struggle? Similar struggle. By show of hand only, I have, I have um, never had such struggle. Never. I've never had such struggle. Let me see your hand. Never had such struggle. Okay. I have had such struggles. Let me see your hand. I've had such struggles. Okay. Okay. Most people. Okay. Most people. Some people are putting up their hands on their legs. <laughs> You know? But you see, both Habakkuk and Daniel, they learned that God's justice can always be trusted. And what does that mean? It, Daniel and Habakkuk, they learned that many times you don't understand God's just, justice and God's judgment. Many times you don't, you don't understand fully why God does what he does and how he does it. But it's righteous altogether. Amen. Let's read Daniel chapter 2, 19 to 22. Daniel 2, 19 to 22. The word of God says, That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has, he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though is surrounded by light. Now, from this passage of scripture, how were Daniel and his friends able to accept their circumstances without becoming angry or bitter? Like, like the story I told about the soccer thing. Without being angry at my mates that could not run the lap on time. Or without being bitter at my coach that was, you know, just mean as far as I could tell. How were Daniel and his friends able to accept what did they know about God? Straight away, if you bring up that scripture, that scripture again, Daniel praised the God of heaven. In other words, Daniel knew there was a God in heaven. He that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He praised the God of heaven. And if you listen to how he praised God and he prayed, you could tell that it was easy for him to accept what God, the path God is taking him through. He says to God that his name is to be praised forever, that God is full of wisdom. And power. If you know God to be full of wisdom and power, if he takes you through a path that you don't understand, 
It's easy to bear because you know that it's what? It's full of wisdom and power. It controls the course of, the, of world events. You know, you know that this Nebuchadnezzar cannot just come and bully us. God controls the course of the world, of world's events. He removes kings and sets kings in place. He gives wisdom and knowledge to the scholars. And on and on and on. So we see here that when we know God and we actually understand that God is full of wisdom and full of power, that God orchestrates the course of events, that everything works together for good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, if something that we don't understand happens to us, we can deal with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we can, if I understood that God put me in that soccer team for a purpose, and that coach was drilling me, I felt it was unfair, but it has pleased God that it was my coach for that season. My teammates, they, I thought they were slackers. I can see, I could see that God is using all that to work on my character. I'm able to thrive in such a situation. Does that make sense? When we see the wisdom of God and the power of God and the strength of God, and we accept the fact that nothing happens to God's people by chance. Nothing. When we lose something, we lose a business deal, or we are going through a tough time, or people say treacherous things about us, or we have a coach that's making us do the extra mile, or we have teammates that we consider slackers, we understand that all things are what? Are working together for our good. Do I get an amen? amen? Let's read James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. James 1, 2 to 4. Dear brothers, it says, and sisters, when troubles of any kind, troubles of which kind? Any kind, come your way. What should you do? Put your hand on your head and say, When it comes your way, say, Why is my own portion like this? When it comes your way, say, How come God has forgotten me? When it comes your way, is that what the Bible says? Say, Why would everybody have it easy? And I have to pay this huge price. No. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, do what? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> Rejoice. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Not just an opportunity for joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. When trouble comes your way, what you should have said, oh, why is my own husband like this? Why is my own wife like this? How come we are the one that is living in face me and face you? God says, consider it what? An opportunity for great joy. Whoa. Whoa. 
be. He says, for why? Why, why should you consider for as an officer of religion? Because you are crazy? No. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. In other words, if your faith is not tested, your endurance has no chance to grow. The capacity of your faith is directly proportional to the capacity of your problems. People that have great faith, go and check. They are, they've had to tackle great problems. People <laughs> that have great capacity, again, I was um, sharing with someone <laughs> yesterday. People that have great capacity for leadership, guess what? Research has shown that they have an amazing capacity for pain. Leadership is painful. The greater your threshold for pain, the greater your capacity for leadership. People will say horrible things about you. Can you take it? People will stab you and dagger you. Do you have the bandwidth? President of God. God is saying, your endurance gets a chance to grow. Your boss is, is, is just a bully. It's just wicked. God is saying, your endurance has what? A chance to grow. It has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So, so do what? So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. That word perfect there means you'll be mature, complete, needing nothing. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I mean, you can clap for Jesus right there. That is just beautiful. You know, because the, like we learned on Sunday, an immature fruit is not useful to the world. Your immaturity doesn't help us. And for God to mature you and I, it puts us through the grind. It puts us through the grind. So sometimes we suffer because of our own foolishness. I'm back on the notes now. Sometimes we suffer because of the choices of others. Yet, sometimes we don't know why we are suffering. Notice that James says nothing about the source of the trial. It says nothing about the source of the trial. Apparently, God is more concerned about our response. The word there is response. To trials than the reasons for trials. Unfortunately, we are more concerned about the reasons for trials. And we allow our responses to be sour. We begin to behave like children that they've taken their toys. Meanwhile, can you put it up again? God is more interested in our responses. Everything that is happening to you, God is watching how you are responding. He's watching what, what you are saying, how you are responding. That is what God is interested in. Many of us, we are only interested in the reason. Why am I going through this? Who did I offend? Maybe there's a curse in the village that needs to be broken. Maybe it's my father's second wife. I've always known she was a witch. Maybe she's the one that is causing this problem. We are overly concerned with the reasons and God ignores the source completely. Read James again. It doesn't matter the source. God is saying, 
is an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to be strong. And I'm watching your response. And guess what? It's your response that will determine whether you get promoted or you have carryover. Uh, a lot of people, what, what they're doing is carryover. You know what carryover is? May you not carry over for 15 years. It's carryover. It's the same thing God has been dealing with them with five years ago, ten years ago. And it's the same response God has been getting. You told tantrums. You scattered the whole house. Where's my toy? And God is saying, when you grow up, I will promote you. When you keep throwing tantrums, you carry over. Guess what? God is the ancient of days. He doesn't grow old. And he's very patient. It's we that we are running against time. It's we that we have time issues. God lives in eternity. So the earlier we shape up, and respond, the better for us. I have my challenges. I have things I'm going to, believe it or not, you may look at me and say, oh, this guy, you know, I have my challenge. I have things I'm going to, I have, I have, I'm under some amazing pressure. But guess what? I'm tackling it. And I'm playing while tackling it. And people see me playing, they say, this guy doesn't even have any problem. No, 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 no. I'm responding well. Everybody has trials. Everybody. The only people that don't have trials are in the grave. So stop. There's nothing special about your problem. Don't specialize it. Nothing special. Everybody has trials. How you respond determines if you will be promoted or not. Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. It comes from who? From God. Daniel knew that. Even when it was an, an ungodly king, Daniel knew that it is God that raises up one and sets up another. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, I, I pray, honestly, if we get this, if we get this teaching, if we get it, your life will be so enjoyable. It will be unbelievable. It's not that the problems will go away. Yes, they will go, and you will be promoted. But new level, new devil. The new level will have its own problems. But if you understand the fundamentals, you'll be able to apply it again. Guess what? You'll be promoted again. And when you get promoted, you're going to face new, new challenges. Then you have the fundamentals. You apply it. God sees your responses. You'll be promoted again. But the one that is not good is that you're writing the same exam over and over. And, uh, uh. That one is not good. See after me, say, I will be promoted because I will respond appropriately in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's flip to the other side quickly. How can you count it all joy in the midst of hard circumstances? What actions can you take? What mindset can, can you embrace so that you not only endure, but also overcome. We've talked about that a lot, about how we see God and how we embrace our knowledge of, of God. What happens to you when others around you, sorry, what happens to you and others around you when you persevere through trials? What happens to you and others around you is, is simple. What happens to you is that you get promoted 
What happens to the others around you is that they get inspired. They get inspired to, to fight their own battles. They get inspired. So what happens to you is you get promoted. What happens to people around you, your husband, your wife, your friends, your children, is they get inspired. Our daddy has tackled this problem. Our mommy has tackled this problem. My brother has solved this problem. My, so they get inspired that the God that you are serving, you know, let it be my God. Now the flip side is this. Next question. What happens to you and others around you when you refuse to consider difficult circumstances as an opportunity for great joy? What happens when you refuse to consider difficult, challenging circumstances as an opportunity for great joy? What happens is that you carry over. Then the people around you begin to, believe it or not, curse God. Because the people around you look at you and think it's God that has, that is, that has caused this trouble for you. So they're like, why are you going to church anyway? You are sleeping in church. See what, you know, they won't know that it is you that you are responding badly. The name of God becomes, comes to disrepute. Unbelievers, we look at you and say, oh, maybe you were breaking your head. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, yeah, now. So, the people around us becomes disheartened. The name of God becomes disrepute. So, as an assignment, list five reasons for choosing to have joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. I, I mean, I, I'll give us an assignment. I want to finish by eight. That's why I'm breezing through it. So, list five reasons. Take it home. Think through the, all this teaching. List five reasons why you should choose joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. So, our final thought is this. It is not what happens to us the first blank is there is to us. It is not what happens to us or around us that determines our greatness. What determines our greatness is what happens in us. What happens to us? You were cheated. You were treated badly. You were abused. You were, what happens to you does not determine your destiny. What happens around you? Your, your, your country is bad. The economy is bad. You, they are in captivity. What happens around you does not determine your destiny. What determines your greatness and your destiny is what happens in you. If you allow what happens to you, damage what is happening in you, then there's a problem. If you allow what's happening around you, damage what God is doing in you, then there's a problem. But if you refuse to allow what has happened to you, the injustices, the offenses, the difficulties, or what is happening around you, to get into you, your greatness will be inevitable. Praise the name of the Lord. You'll be inevitable. Again, if, if, if I can encourage you to get this teaching and listen to it until it becomes flesh. Until it becomes flesh. So in the commitment section, today, you're going to write it with your hands. It's on the screen. I commit to knowing God more deeply and to only respond to life issues from the depth of my knowledge of God. I commit to knowing God deeper, more deeply, and to only, you can even underline that only, 
only respond to life issues from my depth, from the depth of my knowledge of God. So everything that is being thrown at me, I'm going to respond from my depths of my knowledge of God. That's one of the strengths of Daniel. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I want us to just talk to God. If you finish writing, if you haven't, don't worry. You can always, you know, we copy notes when we're in secondary school. If you have a friend that you can copy their notes after the class. But I want us to pray right now. I don't know what you have heard. I don't know what God is impressing on your heart. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you at this time. Why don't you talk to him about what it is that is impressing on your heart? Talk to God. If you are here, I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, they're saying, Pastor, I want to be in covenant with God. Like Daniel, I want to have a relationship, a covenant relationship with God. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are sitting, I want to pray with you. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. Yeah, put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, well, I will pray together. Put it up. If you, Pastor, pray with me. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. Not on your head, over your head. I need to know. God bless you. I need to know that you are putting up that hand. Put it up. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. That is me. God bless you right there at the back. God bless you over there. That is me. God bless you. Pastor, I want to have a covenant relationship with Jesus. God bless you right there. That is me. Put up the hand. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord Jesus. Oh, once, once you have the card, you can put on your hand and just talk to God. Say to the Lord, show me your ways, oh God of heaven. Have mercy upon me. Cleanse me. Christ of Nazareth, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you, coming to a covenant relationship with you, Lord, today. Lord, make today an unforgettable day for them, my Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Every one of us, Lord, the work that you are doing in our hearts, Lord, help us to get promoted. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.